Welcome to Fitness in the World with Benjamin Kasanji. First John 5, 11 to 13. Let's read First John 5, 11 to 13. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Hallelujah. Let's read in the Amplified Version. And this is the testimony, the evidence. God gave us eternal life. He's not going to give us. He gave us. God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who possesses the son has that life. He who does not possess the son of God does not have that life. I write this to you who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the name of the Son of God in the peculiar services and blessings conferred by him on men so that you may know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life. Yes, eternal life. Praise the Lord. John is writing so that they may know that they already have eternal life that they have this life. He's writing to believers. This letter was written to believers. If you read from 1 John, uh, 2nd, 2nd John, 3rd John, you realize that all these letters he was writing to believers. And if he tells them that they should know that they have eternal life, it means it is possible for a believer not to know that they have eternal life. Or it's possible for a believer not to walk in eternal life. And there are a number of times it is stressed in the Bible. You can go and read John chapter 6, now, same John writing in chapter 6, you can read chapter 6, especially from where Jesus starts telling them how he is the bread of life and whoever eats of his body and drinks of his blood, he also tells them about eternal life. I say this on first, that many times people have confused eternal life to be just the life that we'll have when we go to heaven. That is just part of it. Otherwise, he would not say, that you already have it. So many people who are waiting to have eternal life after they die are the ones John is writing to. So he's telling them, don't just wait for this life after death. This is life that you already have now. Because what brings this life? Whoever possesses the son has this life. That is why Paul says, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. This is the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He was not living the other human life waiting for a day where he would start living the eternal life. He was living that eternal life. Why? Because he possessed the Son. He who has the Son has life, meaning eternal life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have eternal life. Hallelujah. John 17 Verse 3, he explains to us what eternal life is. This is the definition of eternal life. If you want to know the definition of eternal life, it's here, right in the Bible. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Let's read that in the Amplified. And this is eternal life. It means to know to perceive, recognize, become acquainted with, understand you, the only true and real God. And likewise, to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, 
the Messiah, whom you have sent, that is eternal life. To know him, that knowing he's talking about here is experiential knowledge. It is not knowing saying, I know God. It is knowing that I have experienced him. It is the same word for knowing that he used when he said, Adam go to know Eve, and they begat Cain. It is not that Adam learned to spell E-V-E. You get, that's not what he was talking about. That after Adam learned to spell E-V-E, they got a son. He's talking about experiential knowledge, intimacy, and that is eternal life, to know God. Religion has taken us away from eternal life. Religion has preached knowing God from afar, knowing God by the head, but not experiencing him. That is what religion has done. Know him. Say this prayer. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And from today, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. See you when I come to heaven. That is what we've been taught. So now, while you live here on earth, you just go through the norms. You just, you see, you believe it's what? You have God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. That's the life that we are living. But that is religion. And religion has deprived us of something so great. A relationship. That is the purpose of eternal life, to know him, to experience him, to walk with him, to talk with him, to hear him every day. Because as you walk with him, how can Paul live by the faith of the Son of God? Paul was not living by his faith. That is why he doesn't even boast of his faith. We boast a lot about our faith. I have faith. I have faith. Paul boasted of the faith of Jesus. Even the faith with which he lived was the faith of the Son of God. It's good that he didn't say faith in the Son of God. He said faith of the Son of God. Faith, Jesus' faith is what Paul was living with. That faith cannot fail. When you start living the eternal life, it cannot fail. Because it is by the faith of Jesus. If your faith is too weak, the faith of Jesus is not weak. The faith of Jesus cannot fail. This is what he's called us to. That is eternal life. Knowing him experiencing him. He is real. He's more real than me standing before you. He's more real than that neighbor seated next to you. And there's a kind of life that he can live in you, through you. The people around you, if they want to see Jesus, it is you. It is you that releases that Jesus on the inside of you. It is you that can release that Jesus. It is you that can unleash that Jesus. So many of us, because we are waiting for eternal life when we see him that day, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We will sing and shout the victory. Now, it's true. It will be ecstatic. It will be greater than whatever we've ever experienced. But it does not need to start there. We start here. We will sing when we see him. But we also sing because we have seen him. He lives in us. No, listen. John says... That which we have touched, sin, that that we've experienced is what we preach to you. John was not waiting for joy to start on that day. Definitely that day it would go higher, but he had sin. That's why Peter says, we did not believe cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power of God. He says, we did not believe cunningly devised fables. This man we saw, we saw him in the Holy Mount. They experienced him. This Jesus we have seen. When we sing and say, I've tasted of the Lord, and I know that Jesus, you are good. It is not just a nice chorus for church. It is so real. It is so real. It is so real. 
Many people just take it as a song. Many people just think this is a good song to sing in church. I wish they knew that it is so real, that you can experience it, that it can be a reality. That is why Christianity is so frustrating to many people. That's why it is boring to many people. How do you come to church and feel like you're bored? How, how, how are you a Christian and you're bored just because power is off, internet is off, and you're bored? Life has come to an end because power and internet are off. Man, I've tested of the Lord and I know that he's good. Power, no power. He is there. He's better than all of them. He was there before them. He will be there after them. You, you know why you get bored? It is because you don't, you're not walking in eternal life. It is you that John is writing to. Yeah, that you may know. That you may know that you have eternal life. That you may know that even if power is off, you can talk to him. And he's not boring. He has nice stories. He has awesome stories. Edgeless stories. Awesome ideas. You can sit and when the pie is back, you feel like it's even a distraction. You don't want it to be back. Eternal life is real. It is the life we've been called to. Hallelujah. Let's read 2 Peter 1 from verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. He's called us to glory and virtue. Virtue means excellence. Virtue means top notch, that life up there. I'm so glad that she was satisfying. She, she, she was number one out of everyone that competed in the country. That is what he's called us to. I like what she testified about her business. Top notch. That is what he's called us to. If you've employed people, they should be, they should be telling you you're the best employer. If, if you've been employed, your boss should be saying you're the best employee. If you have parents, they should be saying you're the best child, you're the best son, you're the best daughter. Because he's called us to glory and virtue. This is eternal life. But he's saying that it is only through the knowledge of him. Without the knowledge, my people perish. Without knowledge, my people don't know. They will wait for that eternal life all their life, yet it was always there. So John is writing that they may know it's there on the account, but they are there counting their fingers in the pockets. And, hey, can I be healed? I'm not that holy. Can I prosper? No, I'm not from that family. Can I? That, that's how they are living their life. They don't know they have eternal life. They don't know the essays according to the knowledge. Let's go back to Second Peter. He's telling us he's given us all things full in that account. All things. All things that pertain to life and godliness. If you wanted to say, oh no, this is life. This is not spiritual. He said life. If you wanted to say, no, that's godly. That's not, he said godliness. So whichever category, it is there. Okay, let's read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. You see why he says that they may know him also as the only son, the one you sent. Because all these things are in him. The name of Jesus does not just mean J-E-S-U-S. That is why you've seen somebody cast out demons and say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, go, I burn you, I burn you, I burn you, I tie you, I bind you, I lose you, go, go. As it's going, I bind. It's, 
I tie. I burn. Water of the spirit. <laughs> then another one has just said, out. They didn't even say in Jesus. They didn't say, and the demon left. And you're wondering, me prayed in the name of Jesus. No, you didn't. It would have gone. So the name of Jesus is not just saying Jesus. Hallelujah. All these blessings are in Christ Jesus. He's already given unto us, but it is according to the knowledge. That is why we should know. That is why I labor to teach, that we may know. Because if we do not know, we are not going to walk in it. We're not going to walk in this life that is promised us. Now, eternal life. Eternal life is not just life that does not end. And it is true, it does not end. But it is not just that. If, if the only goal was that it does not end, that would be a loss for us. Because even the ones in hell, it's not going to end. So if it was just that the life is not going to end, that, that's all, that Jesus died so that life would never end, that's not what eternal life is all about. Eternal life is giving us this life of God, bringing that dignity with which he created us in his image to live like him, to be his extension while here on earth. Look at the Old Testament. Look at how many times it excited God to, to give people big plans, even if they would not understand them. He's telling Adam and Eve, subdue, have dominion. I think those were two big terms. They could not get them, even up to today. Even up to today, the average believer will look for every excuse to suffer, every doctrinal support for suffering. I'm like, why? Why are you supporting suffering that much? Oh, are you saying we should not fall sick? Are you saying we should not be broke? Are you saying, oh, no. You see, so I'm like, that day you were broke, was it nice? Could you test, as in, why do we defend it so? I think that is the trouble that God has had with human beings. We are so used to that old culture. Hebrews eleven fifteen. He says, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. If they stayed with that culture, if they stayed with that mindset, they would have gone back. Like many people, somebody has come from wherever they've come and you've brought them in, in Nairobi and say, oh, Nairobi is hard. The vehicles are moving so fast. There are lights everywhere. You don't even know when somebody's going to hit you. You don't. And, and they refuse to adjust and say, no, I would rather go back. I would rather go back. You get what I'm saying? That is what many have done in Christianity. God has taken us from that backwardness, but we, we like it. So he's saying these that obtain the promises, if they had thought of the country they had come from, if they had thought of how life used to be, they would have had opportunity to go back. But no, they look for a country. Go to verse 16. He says, but now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Praise the Lord. He hath prepared for them a city. Now, listen, let's go on and see. We, the, the, when you read their testimony, it feels so amazing. Listen to mine. Mine is coming. And by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, the promises, of whom it was said, that Isaac shall thy seed in that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him a figure. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. 
by faith Jacob when he was a dying blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph when he died made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bonds. By faith Moses when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, the pleasures of that country he had come from, the pleasures of that mindset that he had come from, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the hallowed Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Now, you, you listen to all these testimonies. You know, you just feel like, wow, those guys are in their own league. Praise the Lord. Man, these guys accomplished a lot. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scoring, scourging, yeah, moreover, of bond and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted, were slain were with a sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, dens, caves on earth. And these all have obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They received the promises, but received not the promise. Listen to this. God having provided, hey, some better thing for me, hallelujah, that they without me should not be made perfect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The promise was for me. No, no, no. If these guys didn't consider the country they had come from, yet they only obtained promises. But the promise is for me. Now, the promise is the Holy Spirit. But... What comes with the Holy Spirit? It is eternal life. I wish I could finish this, but we still have the whole month. Hallelujah. 
when God called us, many of us today live like God just called us out of the world, and that's it. God called you out of being a sinner. God called you out from being an unbeliever, and that's it. You feel so excited. And many of us, that's how we are living. We were brought out of prison, but we are living on the streets. We are living like that. And many of the children of Israel, that was their mentality. When they heard Moses is coming, you're going, all they thought about was leaving Egypt. But they didn't know that God was bringing them out of Egypt into a place. He was not just bringing them out of Egypt. He was bringing them into something. He was bringing them into a place. When you got born again, God was bringing you into eternal life. He was not just bringing you from the life of being a sinner and leave you. No, he was bringing you into a life. He was bringing you into another country. He was bringing you into a relationship with him. That is why he says they are in this world, but they are not of the world. He had brought them out of the world. So where were they? Where were they now that they are not in the world? That is where we are meant to live. And the rules there are different. Life there is a bliss. That is why you see that the children of Israel many times wanted to go back. Many times they cried, oh, it was better in Egypt, it was better in Egypt. Moses had come into. That is why you never see Moses complaining. I've always told you this. Moses grew up in the palace in line to become a pharaoh. Never do we ever hear Moses complain. Like, God, where, well, look at the desert we are in. I was in the palace just being served. Moses didn't know how to serve. You see, if you're born a prince, you don't know how to serve. Because you're never going to serve. So you don't need to learn. So he didn't know how to serve. And right from the palace to looking after sheep. First of all, Egyptians were not animal farmers. They were, that's not what they did. He was taught in the science of Egypt. He was taught those high-level things. And he's looking after sheep and we never hear any time him comparing what he was doing to the life he used to live. And that is why when you find a Christian, he's telling you, if I were not born again, I would be so rich. I'm telling you, when I used to sell that alcohol, we used to, that guy is not born again. He doesn't know. He's not coming to. Man, you can't compare. There's nothing about the other life that you can admire. There's nothing, absolutely nothing. You can't come in and compare. However glorious it was in the sight of the world, this way it is rubbish. It is trash. Paul says it's dregs, dung. That's what Paul says. It's dung. You see, when you come to this life, you realize that those things, are, whether with a degree or without a degree, if I have Christ, I'm on top. I'm on top. I'm on top. That way, even as you study, you're not studying to get food. You see, what has made Africa poor is because we study to get food and accommodation. That is why we are studying. We're not in purpose. Many people in university, they don't even know what they are going to do. You know, which course are you doing? I'm doing this. Why are you doing that? They told me it has money. That is what they are doing. Man, when you encounter him, you start living a life of purpose. You start, even when you go to study, you study for purpose. When, you, when you're employed, you're serving. And this is the mentality I want Ratsy people to have. Praise the Lord. Don't start a business just to get money to eat. Don't, don't, don't. No, look at people in Qatar. Every year, they are given $2,000 per person. Just being a citizen, you're entitled $2,000. Now, how are you going to preach to them if all you preach is God gives food? No, no, no. Them without studying, they earn better than you who has studied and you're employed. There is a life higher than that that God has called us to. And when you realize that, your profession is going to mean more. 
it is going to mean more. Because as you're there, you're going to have ideas beyond everyone. Because everyone is just there to fulfill what the boss wants. Everyone, you, you're there to add value as a child of God. You're there to bring what people don't know. You're a water engineer. Every morning you're just bothered. How can people in Nairobi not have water? That's what you're thinking. You're not thinking about your paycheck. You think in Nairobi, we have rivers here, we have this, we have water down, we have water in Ngong Hills, we have... How can countries... Look at a country like Singapore. Singapore, it's now that they are trying to, they are trying to desalinate ocean water. Singapore. They've never had water, as in the good water. You know, desalinating water is not an easy process. But Singapore, without water, without a good lake, they buy water. I don't know whether it's from Indonesia or where, but they buy from one country. They just buy water. But water is free in homes, which they buy. As a water engineer, that would bother you. They buy water. We don't buy water. We just drill and get it. We just go to our rivers and get it. And yet paying for water is hard. People's meter boxes are, have padlocks and what because they can't pay for water. You see, when you have the mind of God, when you're living this eternal life, you think big. You think so big. This is the life that he's called us to. This, this is what Moses was thinking. That is why we never see him think back. Oh, I would have gone back. Because when Moses at the burning bush, Moses came into something. He came into a place. He came into that trust that God had for his people. And that is why whenever Moses spoke to Pharaoh, there is no time he told Pharaoh, I want to take them to the promised land. There is no time. Moses told Pharaoh, I want they sh I'm getting them to go and meet their God to go and worship their God. There was a place better than even that promised land. That is why when God told Moses, you go to Mount Neboth, go and die, Moses just walked gladly. Because he had got into something that death can't stop. That He got into something better than milk and honey. He got into something. You see, he, he was not there, oh God, I'm going to miss the promised land. We never hear him crying for that. These guys were crying for Egypt. Moses doesn't even cry for the promised land. Because he had got into a life that God has for his people. He has got into a life that God has for his people. When you see Christians manipulated by money, money they've never arrived. Many Christians who just live for money. They just live for money. Your life can't be tied to money. And you see, as long as you live for money, you're a slave. And you're going to be controlled. You're going to be taken here and there. You're going to be, every time you see money, your joy is picked from the ground. Every time you, you just, your, your life is, it's just going to be miserable. But when you understand, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Man, we are blessed. Like, like the, the singer of the hymn says, cast your eyes upon Jesus. Look, wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. Of his glory and grace. Yeah, I'm telling you that's so true. The things of this world fade away. They totally fade away. It is so beautiful. You realize that the things you used to aspire for. You see, there's a time, there's a time I had an encounter and I even thought I was not going to finish school. Like I didn't care whether they ever served, ever graduated. I didn't care whether they said he got married. I didn't care whether they said he owned a business. I didn't care. Man, he was so awesome. He was so enough. And he's still enough. As in, I was so okay being there. But today you find Christians who things of God are not even exciting too. That is death. 
something you love you as a child of God or just as a human being. Something you love, let me say somebody you love, if your brother or your father makes a mistake, you don't pounce on them in public. If your brother posted something on Facebook and it is, you don't pounce on them, you don't go and comment, hey, where are they? But you see, you see Christians celebrate Christians who are in error. So when somebody posts something that is either doctrinally wrong, you hear them pouncing on them. Yeah, they thought fasting is going to solve all these problems. They thought this and this. The truth is that those people are dead. They are, they are not enjoying eternal life. It is not real. Something is wrong about what the brother has posted or a sister. And it should excite you. You see, a Christian and you've never posted anything about God. Why? Because it's not cool. Because it's not cool in society. You're not experiencing this eternal life. If you experience it, you can't shut your mouth. You can't. You can't. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a preacher. You, don't. you can't shut your mouth. Somehow it will come up. Some, no, I've seen it. I've seen presidents. I've seen businessmen. I've seen, and this away just comes up. It is just like you living with me for a whole day and I've not talked about my wife. A whole day, and I didn't mention my wife. I don't plan. I don't sit and plan that I will talk about my wife. No. But it is impossible. Because I'm happy. Praise the Lord. So if you have the Son of God, <laughs> you'll talk about the Son of God. You'll talk about him. Exodus 23.20 says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place I have prepared. These are places he has prepared. Imagine if I come in prison where you are and you have maybe two years left and I tell you every day, there is a house I built for you in Kleleshua and there is a job that is for you. And there is, imagine how the day you come out of prison, you'll come out smiling. Because you're coming out of prison into another place. You're not coming out of prison to be on street. Free, but on the street. God didn't bring us from sin, but on the street. No, he brought us into a place. He was saying, my angel will bring you into the place I have prepared for you. That is why he says there is a, a, there's a, a place of rest that he has prepared for you. There is a place. We have come to Mount Zion. That is what he says. We have come to Mount Zion. We've already come to Mount Zion. We are already there. This, this place is brought us to. And this is what eternal life is about. That place that God has brought us to. Religion tries to many times just bring us out of stop being a sinner. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. And that's all. You stop. And that is why you realize that some people come out of prison and they commit crime. Because it was better in prison. They don't know what to do out here. At least in prison, I had ugali. At least in prison, I had breakfast. At least in prison, I had this. So many Christians are that way. We came out of the other life, but we are now. Okay, now if I can't watch pornography, what is interesting? Now if I can't smoke, what is interesting? Now if I can't get high, what is interesting? Because they just came out of. They didn't come into. But you see, this eternal life is that they might know you as the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent, that they might have a relationship with you, that they might have, imagine just somebody who is so in love, so smitten, they forget about everything, and everything is this. And normally girls have a problem with that. Guys are just okay, praise the Lord. Girls are the ones you normally hear, since she got that boyfriend, she doesn't, she, she changed, she changed. She's meant to change, she got in a relationship. And imagine you get in love and, 
things change. Things that were impossible are not impossible anymore. <laughs> Just because you're in love. You get it? Now imagine we came into a relationship with a lover. A lover that can never ditch you. A lover who is not figuring you out. He said, I do at first sight. He can't change his mind. How can things fade away? How can things change? No, no, no. If people say you've changed, nowadays he doesn't have time for us, you fall in love with him. That is what movies should be saying. You get it? That's what gambling should be saying. That's what buzz should be saying. Hey, nowadays he doesn't have time for us. Because you found a better lover. You found something better. You got into a relationship. You got into something. This is what Moses experienced. The children of Israel, this is what they are not experienced. Oh, we used to eat fish. We used to eat cucumber. We used to eat garlic. We used to eat onions. That is what they were looking for. But Moses, who used to sit in the palace, eating everything, saying, I don't want that, after they've prepared. They never say to Moses, there is no beef. If he said, I want, it, I want liver. And that is why he says that he, he left the pleasures of Egypt. He left them. They were nothing to him because of this that he had encountered. There was something better that he had come into. God has called us into this. Let's read in the New Testament, Colossians 1, verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? That's not where he stopped. That's where many of us are living. You see, we, 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 got, we got freedom, but to what? To where? You are not brought into the knowledge. You are not brought into the wisdom. Our forefathers before colonialism had things that they didn't pass on to us. They were more sophisticated than we are with the few resources they had. But the truth is that their mineral ores that those guys had up to today, even the greatest scholars are figuring out what technology did they use to get them from the earth. Because they are so deep. Even today, it requires very, very high technology. How did our fathers get those things? Things of old that you find here, even in the museums, all over Africa, their iron smelting. You look at how flawless the things they made were. Up to today, it's a mystery. Wisdom not passed on. And they were wise not to pass it on still to the colonialists. So it's true you can be free, but you've not arrived. The prison gate being open doesn't mean you've arrived. You can stone the streets. It will rain on you every day. You'll beg for food. There was food in prison. There was a bed in prison. So I'm so glad that he does not say that he has delivered us from the power of darkness. And it stops there. We are delivered. We are delivered. Some people are still being delivered even today. But you see, at least a few know that we were already delivered. You get it? We were delivered from the powers of darkness. We were delivered. We were delivered. We were delivered. We were delivered. It does not stop there. After we were delivered... He translated us. He didn't just walk us slowly in a long journey. This journey that we walk, this Christian journey, this long journey, one day we will make it. He translated us. You know what translating means? Translating. You change all of a sudden. But you see, we were translated into the kingdom of his dear son. We are in a new kingdom. This eternal life has brought us to a new kingdom, new set of rules, new economy, 
a different kingdom. There are kingdoms you belong to and you're so proud to belong there. One country in Africa where people are so, good, are so proud to live is Botswana. As in Botswana is a, small, is, is a big country, land. Land, I think it's bigger than Kenya, but with less than the population of Nairobi. It's less than 3 million people. Cars are so cheap. Cars are so affordable. As in, they don't have street children. They don't have... And you see, every country that has really developed, it started with that patriotism. So you're going to be here and you're like, oh, the problem with Kenya. You see us in Kenya. You see us in Kenya. If we only this in Kenya, if we, there are many good things that God has put here. And the moment we start loving them, then we are the ones that creation is groaning for. For creation to be redeemed. Even systems are creation. When you start loving this country, you're the one who is going to put an end to corruption. When you start loving this country, it is you who is not going to trash around. When you love this country, it is you who is going to value the people that God has in this country. It is you that is going to celebrate the athletes we have in this country. It is Kenyans who are talking down on Kipchoge. Yeah, it's Kenyans who are there. Oh, you see, he had, he, he had pesetas. He had, and I'm like, but it is because we were brought into freedom and we stopped there. He translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. There is a kingdom that we've come to. There is a beautiful kingdom. And that is why he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. It means get to understand the domain of God. Get to understand how God operates. Get to understand his like area of influence. His righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us, you are the righteousness of God. So he's saying, and discover who you are in this kingdom also. Seek first the kingdom of God. Get to know this kingdom and know your place in it. Know your place in it and these things shall follow you. Why? Because you know your place in the kingdom. You know your place in the kingdom. His righteousness is you. You're his righteousness. So when he says, and his righteousness, it is discover who you are. In this kingdom, discover who you are in this domain, and all these things shall come. What does First Peter 2, verse 9 say? But ye are a chosen generation. Different. You're not just millennials. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. And he's saying, oh, you see, I'm not holy. None of us is holy. No. We are a holy nation. Where, which nation are you coming from, you that is not holy? And you see, some of these, these phrases seem so humility in church, yet it's an insult in the face of Jesus. Now, if you are a holy nation, what are you? You're holy. If we say you're, 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 you're a military nation, what does that mean? You're military. <laughs> if we are a holy nation, then we are holy. And we are peculiar. That's why they don't understand us. We are peculiar, very peculiar. What did she say? She said she will not fall sick this year. How does she know? You see, then you leave your relatives figuring that out. And you see, by the time you come for another new year in Mushaga and what? You say something else. It's actually, I realized that it was not just about not falling sick. I realized that I can actually give life. <laughs> <laughs> then, you see, then they, they will now ask you, which church are you going to? <laughs> huh? Th those things you're saying, 
You are taking these things too, too far. I said, they are in the Bible. <laughs> they are in the Bible. I saw them in the Bible. <laughs> Even my pastor is teaching the Bible. He says, that ye should show forth praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you should show praises. What is praises here? Excellence. In others that people look at you and admire God. That is what he's saying. Praises, his praises. That they look at you and they say, this God is real. But see, many of us, when they look at us, they say, what does your God have to offer me? Look at you. You get it? Because we've not learned to live the eternal life. But he writes to us, these things I write unto you, that you may know that you already have eternal life. And that you will walk in it. He has called us to a place. He has called us out of darkness to his marvelous light. This is the kingdom of his son. It is a kingdom of light. Light means there is no darkness. Light means you know your course. You see, you, you, you wake up with eternal life. You create your world. You see, that's why he told them have dominion. He called, we are peculiar people. I go and sit and meditate and I choose how happy I'll be this year. And no matter what happens, you see, you're happy, you're happy, you're happy. And when people start complaining, you're doing it too much. I take the happiness further. Let me take it further. Now they come in my presence and I just laugh because that <laughs> So they're like, you must be. I'm like, that's what they said about Jesus, his family. They said, you're by yourself. That's what his family said. If they've not said that about you as a Christian, you're not yet living the life. Impossible is nothing. Hallelujah. He has taken us. I'm so glad we came into his kingdom. I'm so glad I was not just. You see, before I go to know these things, that's how I lived. I just lived striving for heaven. Now, I've not, I've, not, I've, not, I've not lost touch with heaven. I'm driven by eternity, but I'm living the life. I'm living the life. I don't speak bad words to my wife. I don't keep quiet on my wife. And you see, when I started saying that, it was before I got married. She said, you don't know, you're not yet there. Wait till you get a girlfriend. I got a girlfriend said, wait till you get married. I got married said, wait till you get children. I've got a baby, they're saying, wait till she's in primary. You've been in school, they say, wait until. Then, uh, when, when, when after she, she's also married, I have grandchildren, they'll say, you see, you, you, that was your life. You should, <laughs> you, you should tell people. <laughs> I've chosen the course to take. You can choose the course to take. That's why it says, guard your heart jealously. For out of it, the boundaries of your life are created. Out of it, you choose how life should be. You choose. It's a choice. It's a, I chose never to quarrel with my wife. I just chose. I chose never to keep quiet. I just chose. And there is power that works in me that is greater than any influence in the world. It is him that works in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is his good pleasure that I don't be silent on my wife. And there is power in me to accomplish it. It is his good pleasure that I don't, I, I, I don't talk bad to people. That I don't insult people. I don't insult Makangas. I don't, you know, they can do whatever they want to do. It's me who controls what comes out of me. It is me who controls what comes out of me. It does not matter. Oh, you see, they wrote this about you. Or they posted this about you. Or they did this about you. Or they did this about you. They can't get into my heart. It is so precious. My, my heart 
you, you know, it has, it has a lock system. It is not just thumbprint. So now you see thumbs can be cut off and used. Hey, this one is high tech. So I tell them, oh, so and so say this. And I've lost my joy for the whole week. The joy that I was given in my heart. How can I allow them to get into my heart even? In my heart. No, 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 no. My joy is here. My peace is here. That you can't touch. Even the devil knows. He's even told all the junior demons and that. He's told them, that guy, Benjamin, it's not economical. It's not, it's not, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make financial value for us in this kingdom. <laughs> the other day, this happened. He went and praised God. The other day, this happened. He had a testimony. The other day, we are wasting resources. We are running out of capital. Hallelujah. Don't stay just out of darkness. Live in the kingdom of light. Live in the kingdom of light. We are going to expound this. You will see how the kingdom of light operates. That's why every fast I really want us to pray for people. Even people just to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. Because that's just a beginning. I'm sure the guys who spoke in tongues on Wednesday right now, their life has even, they are just so amazed at how they are praying like they never prayed. There's joy. You see, they see you on the street smiling when no one is smiling. They see you talking when you're not talking to anyone. You cry when no one has hurt you. That, that is the life that he's called us to. That was the story of who was the guy for the Welsh revival? Ivan Roberts. That's why they say by the age of 13, he would be talking when there is no one to talk to. He would be smiling when there is no comedy. He would be crying when there is no one crying. And he shook that country. At times when he takes a hold of you, just walking on the street and people are like, your son, he will say, hey, that, your pastor. We saw him walking and he's just peculiar people. When everybody's saying, oh, January is tough, January is tough. There is no darkness in this kingdom. January is not darker than Feb. It's a kingdom of light. It's a kingdom of light. And you choose to walk in the light. You choose to experience the light. So being filled with the Holy Spirit is just part of it. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Speak in tongues. Stir yourself up. Why does he say in Ephesians, be filled with the Holy Spirit and it is continuous. Be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying, stay full of the Holy Spirit. Stay full of the Spirit. You see how he says, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit. It is not that that's the first time Peter became full of the Holy Spirit. He was filled of the Holy Spirit. But when he says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, what does he, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. He says, and be not drunk with wine, where in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, why does he say, be filled not with wine, where in excess? What he's talking about here, he's, 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 he's not, you see many believers will take this and they will think, oh, you see, he says, as long as it's not in excess, as long as, if you want to drink, drink. Yeah, if you want, you, you're an adult. You're not an adult. But this is not talking about drinking. Here he was not talking about whether people are drinking or they are not drinking. That's not what he was talking about. He was not debating about whether it's right for a Christian to drink or it's not right for a Christian to drink. He was, what he was implying is the same way, an intoxicated person. That is why they say you're under influence. In other words, part of your brain, you're not the one manning. So this is what he's saying. Be ye being filled. Stay under influence of the Holy Ghost. Stay under influence. That one time you're just walking in town, you're just walking like this, and you're just done. <laughs> and everybody's like, that guy is crazy. You're crazy. 
That is what it means to be under influence. That is why Jesus says that you that is born of the Spirit, you are like the wind. No one knows where you're going. This time you're shutting this window because the wind is coming. Before you finish, it's in the other. That is how life happens. If you're a Christian and your program has never been interrupted by the Holy Spirit, and that is why you see now when you get filled with the Holy Spirit here, you see it is like instead of being drunk with wine, we're in excess. You see when you're filled with the Holy Spirit here, you see what happens? You are here so cute with all your makeup and you then all of a sudden. Because <laughs> you're not in charge anymore. <laughs> it is so good for you not to be in charge anymore. You see, the way that guy has been looking at me, maybe he's about to say something. You came in, you sat next to him. Then you got under influence. He. Haki God, you don't know my plan today. <laughs> now that is what he's saying. Stay under influence. Yeah? You're there, you're seated, you're seated in your office. You had ordered for lunch. You tell them, give that lunch to the janitor. You've just started fasting. Like you came in the morning, you took breakfast, then you've just started fasting. Then you tell, maybe I'll eat tomorrow. Tomorrow, maybe. You don't even know when you're going to break the fast. You just uh, stay under influence. Why? Because when you stay under influence, when I'm under influence, I speak big things. I told you of the crusade that we had in a place called Ngora in, in Uganda. Then you see, they start bringing this lame man thinking I'm scared. Yet they didn't I was under the influence. That's where my preaching ended. I told them, bring him up here. He's the first one to walk. I was under the influence. You speak big things. That is why Moses stood and said, be still. You're telling us to be still when there is a sea here, there is an army here. He was under influence. That is why Peter slept in prison, under influence. First day of prison, you don't sleep. You call all relatives, you tell everyone I'm in prison. I've been arrested. I've... Then to make it worse, James has been beheaded. The guy sleeps under influence. Under influence, the guy slept. So many times when you realize that I have peace when I'm not meant to be having peace, just now I'm under influence. Amen. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does he say in verse 19? Verse 19 of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. He says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. That even when bad news, all this news that is coming, every, if it's not bad, it's not news. So forget about news. As, as you're listening to news and all that is coming, sing to yourself. Sing, sing in the spirit. Hallelujah. Sing. I'm going to be so amazed at the peace you have. You can stay full of the Holy Spirit. That's why he tells Timothy, stir up. You can stir up. You see, the way you felt when the Holy Spirit came upon you the first time and you started speaking in tongues, tears are flowing and what, that experience... You can always leave that experience. That's why he says do not quench. Because we are the ones who quench. You can walk in the anointing. You can, and that's why he's given us that option. Stir yourself. In this world we live, this kingdom of ours, all of us have to be under the influence. That's why we are peculiar people. You see, when the first time they came to them, when the first day church was birthed, what did they say? This must be drunk. I doubt those guys were... Who are just passing him books and, and just seated and listening to a sermon and yawning and 
dozing there and say, these guys must be drunk. No, there must have been something peculiar. And after that, because you see, people will not understand when you're under influence. When you walk and just turn all of a sudden, they will not understand. But you see, you're walking like that, then you turn all of a sudden, and as you turn, somebody's alighting a matatu and they are blind, and you open their eyes. Now they will know why you turned. Then he was under influence. He was hearing voices. It is very true. I heard the voice tell me, turn. There's a blind man alighting. I was hearing those voices. Turn, there's a man I want you to go and give money to. Turn, that is the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. This kingdom is that way. Eternal life. Live the eternal life. Live the eternal life. He's called us into his, his life. The life, the faith that I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That is, that, that is where our boss should be. That is why sickness is not, is not ours. That is why poverty is not ours. That is why depression is not ours. That is why stress is not ours. That is why arrogance is not ours. That is why uh, slander is not ours. Because of this kingdom that we've come into. Because of this kingdom that he's brought us into. It is a kingdom that has a different set of rules. It is a kingdom where life is totally different. Life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. Don't live like he just made you free. He brought you into a life. He brought you into a different place. Forget about you. You know, it's so sad that we get into this kingdom and we keep remembering, but the things I did in the past, the things that... The, he's translated you. Those things were too heavy for you to be translated with. Forget about them. Forget about those generational curses. This is a new generation. You don't have generations behind you. you, 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 you you're, you're a new creature. A new creature has, has no generations. Your first generation... And you're for that display of his virtue, that display of his excellence. That is why you should live an excellent life. You're the earliest at work. Your reports are on time. Your, 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 your conversation is good. You don't talk down fellow employees. You don't, you, that is you. That is the life you should live. That is, that is how we are changing this city and this country. We are kingdom people. We are, imagine all our marriages are working so well. Our businesses are working all well. The, the fear of God shall be seen on this city. The fear of God shall be seen. Your relatives will be saying, we want a marriage like yours. We want a business like yours. We want a life like yours. You see, he's ever happy with his children. He's, that is what they are going to be talking about. All these things, you see, many Christians join in in accusing pastors who have done wrong things. You see, we are not going to solve the problem by, by bad-mouthing these pastors. It is by us changing. Let's be different. Let's be different. We are kingdom people. We have all the credentials to live this life. We have all the credentials. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.